Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another Network Classic right here on Primetime with Sean Mooney as we go through some of the vintage uh, programming that the WWF produced in the early days before, of course, becoming the WWE. And these uh, programs have turned up on the WWE Network. And we're talking all kinds of uh, different shows, uh, which include uh, Primetime Wrestling, also... Tuesday Night Titans, Uh, we've done some of those Saturday Night Main Events, we've done a few of those programs, and then of course the WWF Superstars, which of course there's a lot of uh, history behind that, and the name of that, and the WWF Superstars having to be removed, and that whole thing, it's all mixed up. But but still, uh, this is at the time, uh, they're still calling it uh, WWF Superstars, and this is an episode from May 9th, 1992 which is, uh, you know, a lot, a lot happening in the uh, World Wrestling Federation at this point in time. And uh, most, it's, most of it is not good. It's not a good time uh, in the WWF. There's all kinds of controversy swirling around the company from uh, the, uh, you know, the steroid uh, scandal to, uh, you know, the, uh, the government uh, going after Vince McMahon and hoping to put him in prison. That was basically their idea. Uh, that's what the, it all came down to. And it wasn't a great time for a product either. I mean, the content was not tremendous. Uh, a lot of superstars were defecting and, and heading down south to work for the WCW. It just wasn't a great time at all in professional wrestling. And as we have talked about this over over a, a period, you know, of doing these podcasts, that you know, it's all it's all cyclical. It's all you know, up and down. The business goes up and down, and it's not just with the WWF. It's through, throughout the world of professional wrestling. And this was a downtime. There's no question about it. And uh, this episode is a classic example of that. When you think of them trying to throw together a program, because that's kind of what they're doing here. And uh, as I mentioned, May 9th. So this is a uh, Shortly after uh, WrestleMania, which had taken place uh, back in April, April 5th, I believe, was uh, uh, that uh, WrestleMania, uh, which, you know, we uh, all remember, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, a point where they had still had a lot of the big stars. Uh, You had uh, Hogan uh, was still around. Hulk Hogan was still around. Macho Man Randy Savage. Ric Flair is still with the company. Uh, Sid Justice, uh, not for long, but uh, he's floating around. But it doesn't really, uh, you know, it, it, it just, everything seems lost. There's a lot happening behind the scenes. You've got a lot of talent that isn't happy. And uh, among them, well, you would, would, one of them would be Sid Justice. Another would be uh, Ric Flair. And uh, so all this is happening at, at this uh, point in time. And it, uh, you know, we'll just do a quick rundown on this show. Now, uh, we've got, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the Hitman Hart is in this one. And this is before he would become champion. Brett the Hitman Hart takes on Von Cruz or Van Cruz, Cruz, whatever, Cruz, Cruz. Uh, WWF uh, update we've got with Gene Okerlund in this episode. Also, uh, Kamala is back with the WWF. And this shows you, uh, you know kind of the desperation that uh, Vince is just trying to keep things going here and add some star power. And they've got Kamala back and they've got him hooked up with Harvey Whippleman because they, they don't know what to do with Harvey Whippleman. And he was supposed to be with other talent and uh, he's not. And uh, so we've got that going on. The British Bulldog is a singles act at this point. 
uh, Repo Man, who uh, we all remember from uh, Demolition Axe and Smash. He's uh, a singles uh, competitor at this point uh, with uh, with uh, Bill out from uh, De- Axe and Smash and Demolition. And, um, you know, it's just a really, as I go on and on here, it's just a really, really strange time in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, you know, as I said, Kamal is back for that now. And then, and, and then they're still holding on to, to the, the WBF. They're still pushing the supplements program that Vince said uh, it was his baby that uh, he was going to get into bodybuilding. And uh, the steroid scandal couldn't have happened at a worse time because here he's got all these bodybuilders under contract. And he basically has to tell them that you can't do the juice. You, you can't do it. And <laughs> what a disaster that turned out to be. If you uh, ever uh, saw or even heard about that uh, live pay-per-view they did out in Los Angeles, which uh, I was a part of. And man, that was uh, that's a whole other episode. But they're still pushing uh, WBF... Uh, Body stars, they got a promo uh, of that in here. Um, Tito Santana is uh, still hoping to, uh, you know, he's helping the company out here, uh, doing whatever he needs to do to uh, try and uh, keep things going. And uh, he's got a kind of a lame gimmick at this point. If you remember, he was at the El Matador, El Matador. And, uh, you know, uh, Tito was a guy that just did whatever he needed to do. Uh, it's a great ring performer. He was a great hand, as they say, and they've got him, uh, you know, doing the, this kind of stuff, which, you know, back then I guess they thought worked. Uh, he's in a singles matchup, but it's just kind of a wasted match to put a superstar in there. And then uh, the Legion of Doom, Hawk and, and Animal, uh, they've got Paul Ellering, who is their manager at this point, as they come in for, you know, a big squash match against a couple of jobbers. And uh, they've got, uh, and then, and then they're also pushing Crush, which gets us back to Demolition. Remember when uh, Bill Eady was going to uh, get knocked out um, of action? Uh, you know, there was rumors about his health, and that uh, you know that he had serious health problems, which uh, ended up, uh, you know, in the long run being the case. But at the time, uh, he was kind of he was stepping back, which they were hoping that Crush could step in and that he could team up with Barry Darso and that they could have demolition. Try as they might, you know, Brian Adams uh, just uh, kind of floundered. And uh, Vince wasn't for lack of uh, Vince trying. It's just that they just really never found a good gimmick for him. And, uh, you know, he was it, it was tough for him. Uh, he was never really great at cutting promos. And then when you put him in singles competition like that, uh, it just it just never happened. And, uh, you know, people can argue that uh, Demolition kind of uh, was on the slide after, uh, you know, the LOD, Legion of Doom, came along. But um, I just think it was bad all the way around when, when Bill Eady, uh, you know, kind of had to step aside during that period of time because of the health issues. That was well, the beginning of the end, and it was just never the same. And, you know, you had people like Barry Darso who, was a great worker and, uh, you know, they really liked having him around, but they just really didn't find anything for him to do either. Repo Man never really got over. So it, that's the, kind of the way it worked. And it's unfortunate, but that's that's what happens. And uh, so anyway, they had uh, who, who crushes on this show as uh, Vince is really trying to, and I think this may have been his debut. I have to uh, check the notes here, but I think it was one of the first times we're seeing him uh, as they're, when they really try and, uh, get that uh, that big pushover 
uh, um, you know, with with him. But um, uh, other things happening in this, we got a, we see an appearance of you know they had these vignettes going uh, with Papa Shango, who was a genuinely scary kind of uh, figure that uh, used to scare the crap out of kids in the stands. <laughs> that voodoo uh, going on, that voodoo that you do, and uh, so. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior is uh, is floating around. So this this really is. It's just a chaotic time in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, but we have a, a big uh, main event in this show as they uh, would try and put in a, a meaningful uh, uh, match in, in these programs. And this one happened to feature Ric Flair uh, with Mr. Perfect uh, as his, uh, you know, uh, not his manager, whatever he was calling himself, uh, advisor or whatever um, but also he takes on sergeant slaughter and we're going to uh, see that uh, that go on but uh, again as I, I said it is just a strange time in the world of professional wrestling not not uh, you know business is down quite a bit uh, they they're just trying to throw all kinds of things at the wall and uh, a lot of these superstars aren't happy uh, hulk hogan is going to take a hiatus uh you know, to uh, go off and make movies, but uh, also just kind of step away from the limelight with the professional wrestling, at least, and the heat that was uh, really starting to generate over the uh, the whole steroid issue. And then you've got, you know, Ric Flair, who, you know, uh, came to the, the World Wrestling Federation thinking it was going to be kind of the, the crowning achievement for him in his career. And it really didn't turn out that way. We never saw those you know, huge blockbuster matches that everybody had been waiting for between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. And so uh, he wasn't a real happy camper and would uh, leave shortly after. And then you've got uh, people like Randy Savage. And they had just, you know, worked a big angle here at WrestleMania with uh, Ric Flair and Randy Savage. If you remember the whole thing with, uh, you know, Flair... Uh, saying that he'd had a relationship with Elizabeth and had the uh, the fake pictures, the Photoshop pictures, and they had the uh, showdown at WrestleMania for the WWF Championship, which Randy uh, comes out on top. So it, it's just uh, it, it's just a lot of strange things happening, and like I said, not a lot of happy people uh, in the World Wrestling Federation. Vince has got a lot on his mind. And yet he's still trying to keep his company successful and, uh, you know, and keep people watching uh, and coming to buy his product. And with that, everything else went with it, the merchandise. And but uh, this is uh, this is a very this is a dark time. But they're they're doing their best here in this episode of uh, WWF Superstars. And we've got Vince doing commentary. You've got uh, Mr. Perfect, who uh, at this point in time is, is stepping in and. And doing a color commentary, which he does a very good job, in my opinion. I always thought Kurt was very good, but uh, his heart, I don't think, was essentially in it, uh, bottom line. But, uh, you know, and, and then when he's involved in these angles, still he has to step away, like he's going to be uh, in this uh, matchup that uh, we've got with Flair and, and Sergeant Slaughter. So, of course, he has to do the old disappearing act. But as you know, and you, at this point, we've done some of these episodes. And uh, you see that uh, the very beginning of the show, which is also interesting to note, that you will not see a, a single shot of Sid Justice in this. And uh, 
he was in the open. He had, he had a couple of shots uh, in the open prior to this, but uh, before uh, all this happened, uh, Sid Justice had once again decided that, uh, well, he didn't want to work right then. He had other things to do, uh, was upset, uh, uh, whatever. Well, also, uh, <clears throat> he may have been putting a few things into his body he uh, probably shouldn't have been doing. Uh, he claimed that uh, Vince knew all about it. But bottom line, he's uh, once again uh, facing the ire of the, the company. Uh, he has decided to uh, take a, a hike, which he's uh, done, and uh, they just edit everything completely out of the open with, uh, with Sid Justice in this. So, like I said, there is just a ton of things happening in the uh, World Wrestling Federation at this time, and, and unfortunately, it's, it's, uh, most of it is not good. Uh, you know, in history would, uh, you know, things would change, but it would be a while. I mean, th- look, at we're talking 92 here. And uh, before we would see the Monday Night Wars and everything, you know, change, uh, this was just a blah time. Boy, this was just a time when uh, they're just doing everything they can to try to hold on to the audience and uh, and, and do what they can. So we've got uh, this episode. It's uh, from, um, <clears throat> of all places, it's taking place uh, in uh, in Syracuse, New York, at the uh, War Memorial on May 9th, 1992. Once again, Vince McMahon and Mr. Perfect are calling the action, and uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's they did their best with this one. It's just not one of the greatest shows in the world, but there's a lot to talk about in it, so we will get to it. Uh, before we get rolling here, I want to recognize our uh, one of our sources here for. Uh, us doing this uh, uh, look back is uh, from the blogofdoom.com's uh, uh, website that uh, has kept careful notes and uh, you know they put their opinion in on this as, uh, as well and uh, you know most of it is what I remember I mean there was a lot happening and so uh, we'll get to this so you know how it works uh, you need to go to the WWE network and then of course you go to in ring and then down to featured programming and uh, go to superstars. And uh, you go on there and there's, uh, there's only one pull-down year you can go to. And that is 1992. And then find the uh, May 9th, 1992 episode. And there you go. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll play. So I'm going to take a quick pause here. Uh, if you're not queued up, uh, this will give you the opportunity to do so, and then you can uh, join us, okay? So go ahead and take a quick time out. Pause. And we are back. Uh, I hope that you uh, you were able to find that pretty easily, but I am assuming at this point you did. I don't know how long it took you, but I'm glad you're back with us. And uh, you know how it works. We just go three, two, one, play, and then uh, we'll roll it, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? So here we go. Three, two, one, play. And here we go with another great episode of WWF Superstars. That fantastic uh, animation flying all over the place. There's the Hulkster. Remember, keep looking for Sid Justice. Well, you might as well not do that because he's not in this montage. He has been removed, which wasn't unusual. It was an easy fix. These are all straight cuts in there. Uh, without too much fancy stuff going on with the effects. But it was done with with good reason there, because uh, Sid had once again decided to go play softball or whatever he was up to. 
Um, but uh, who knows what uh, what's going on? Uh, Sid uh, was not there, and he was on the outs once again, which was not unusual. He, I don't know how many times he made it and then left and then came back and then left. And here we are. We see uh, Vince wearing the uh, the favorite uh, powder blue suit. And then you've got uh, Kurt who uh, wore, you know, he always liked those those solid colors. He would wear the double-breasted jacket. And uh, this also happened to fall, like I said, May 9th around Mother's Day. So they've kind of do this uh, Mother's Day theme as perfect goes on saying, uh, you know, that uh, every every mother thinks their child is perfect. Well, mine's the only one who was right. <laughs> so as Vince goes through the card here, talks about Ric Flair is going to be in the main event as we uh, talked about versus Sergeant Slaughter. The debut of Crush, Brian Adams. Also, uh, Kamala uh, is brought back in. And uh, there's an interesting story with these notes here. They talk about uh, the actual money that Kamala made. And we'll get into that. And then, of course, the Legion of Doom making an appearance. But uh, we get right to the action. And uh, Vince making reference to Mother's Day. We're going to put that in there throughout this show. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart now on his uh, way out to the ring and uh, steps in. And, of course, uh, Perfect not a big fan here of Bret Hart as he uh, continues to play the heel. (laughs) As uh, Mr. Perfect uh, infers that uh, Vince wears a hairpiece. He didn't wear a hairpiece. That was the real deal. (laughs) And that was always a big thrill for the kids at ringside to see... uh, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, not only at these events, but also, you know, that uh, he would give uh, these kids the those shades. And it wasn't always just young men. He also had uh, young ladies who were uh, big fans of his, and they might be the ones who would uh, get that opportunity. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart goes right to work there on uh, Von Kruss as uh, he... Doesn't take long, and of course they don't waste any time to promote the upcoming matches that would feature Shawn Michaels, along with Sensational Sherry, who was his manager at the time, uh, taking on Brett the Hitman Hart, and we know what that would turn into quite a feud, and uh, for real, <laughs> it would take decades to heal. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart taking, uh, you know, little time here with Von Kruss. Steps over with the sharpshooter, which no man at that point, especially an enhancement talent, was going to be able to withstand. As Von Kruss uh, taps out, Brett holds it a little too long just to uh, remind the guy, don't uh, take a chance like that again. And uh, the folks at ringside, very happy as you pull out the old Instamatic <laughs> to catch that shot. You could uh, say this is a long time ago. People were bringing those to, <laughs> to ringside. As we go to the uh, WWF update with Mean Gene Okerlund. And uh, Gene here, uh, you know, doing these updates. It wouldn't be too long before Gene would uh, no longer be with the WWF. Uh, He would uh, leave within uh, 
the next year or so. But uh, here he's talking about, uh, you know, a, a match between British Bulldog and the Repo Man. This was a chance they would uh, to plug the WWF magazine at the time. Uh, so. And they're going to go back and uh, show a little bit of the, the heat building between these two, Repo Man and the British Bulldog. And, of course, uh, you know, that, that would happen now and again is we've got Barry Dosso who grabs his, uh, you know, his tow rope with a hook on the end of it, a good solid piece of metal. And remember, the referee's out at this point. Was taken out by uh, Darso as he unhooks his tow rope. Oh, and now using it as a weapon to go after Davy Boy. Driving that steel into his shoulder. And then, of course, uh, wrapping around his neck. And uh, what he would usually do is then toss that person right over the top rope and basically hang him and he's uh Bobby Heenan reminds everybody it's hang time as he uh, begins to choke out the British bulldog as he uh ties this thing off on the the bottom rope and it looks like Davy Boy out of it completely oh yeah look at that reaction from Gene that was just atrocious can you believe it Inhumane, that's a great word to use on this situation. So we know that this feud was uh, definitely brewing. Brewing is Davy Boy says he's going to get revenge. And now this British bulldog, we can't wait to get a hold of him. Never be tied down. No, not the British bulldog. So we have yet to see... Uh, no one can wait to see what happens between that bitter feud between Repo Man and British Bulldog. And I said before, man, this is when they're uh, they're just uh, scrambling for storylines. Uh, Whippleman. And now he's Dr. Harvey Whippleman? Where did that come from? But, you know, he was uh, hooked up with with Sid. So they don't really know what to do with Harvey Whippleman. So what do they do? Uh, they naturally put him with Kamala. <laughs> right? So in the notes here uh, from blogofdoom.com, it said since Sid quit and Warlord was fired, Whippleman needed someone to manage and they brought in Kamala. And uh, it just seemed kind of strange at this time. This is 1992 and that they're bringing Kamala back uh, and, uh, now I don't know if there, if there's anything to this, but it says in the notes that Vince called him up, uh, to return and gave him a deal where he took out 15% of his gross and put into the bank and would give it back with interest after he finished the two year deal. I have no idea what that means or what kind of deal that was, but, uh, Kamala says that, um, he ended up not getting a whole lot of money and, uh, at the time and these you know guys were making pretty decent money back then you're talking if you were a a, a successful superstar and you didn't have to be at the top of the card you were making you know a couple hundred grand 
And he says on here he made like under $20,000 for two years of work. I don't know. That depends. I don't know how much they used them or what. But, man, if that's the case, that's, that's awful. And you got Kamala. He's going to be uh, real quick. Uh, got the splash going here. And uh, this match wasn't even a minute. And, you know, of course, they got kimchi at ringside. Uh, I think we all remember who that was. Uh, Steve Lombardi in the uh, the safari outfit and Whippleman. Well, I guess they needed both of them to try and push him here. But, uh, you know, I have to tell him, no, you got to roll him over to cover him. So... <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. That's all we can say here for this matchup. So we're going to get a replay of a big splash with Kamala back with the WWF. Uh, so as we, we roll along and, uh, you know, keep things moving here. We got the music coming there. You see him with Tito Santana pushing the El Matador gimmick, which uh, I even remember thinking back then, like, oh, yeah, yeah, Tito was so much better than this. But it was a time when they, they did play up these stereotypes. It was uh, acceptable. And uh, Tito was a good hand, man. He just wanted to work, wanted to take care of his family. And, you know, I think that did the best he could with it. And you remember those vignettes where they actually took him, uh, had him go to a bullfighting school. So, so this shows you where we are at this point with El Matador is that this whole match is just to push another match. Uh, you've got Mr. Perfect saying that he's got this letter that he uh, received uh, from the convict that's directed to the, the big boss man and uh, saying that he's uh, calling out the big boss man. He's nothing but a pig without a prayer. So this is, uh, you know, another attempt. They're trying to get other things going. The uh, They got uh, Nails, the convict. <laughs> we know how that turned out, how badly that turned out. Just not a great time for the uh, World Wrestling Federation. And uh, Tito going to work on uh Bob Bradley here a couple of two drop kicks drags him over here oh on the side headlock Bradley tries to roll him over but uh Tito takes quick control again uh, perfect uh, tries to give Bradley some credibility but you know the amounts uh, a little bit of offense here it's not going to last long. Tito does the reverse, sends him into the ropes. Big right to the sternum. Knee lift. That chin connects, or that knee connects to his chin. That flying elbow. El Paso. <laughs> El Paso de Muerte. Oh, boy. El Paso de Muerte is what they're calling that flying elbow there. As uh, Vince plays him up, though unquestionably a superstar in the World Wrestling Federation as they just blow over his whole match with a different, completely different promo. So, 
as uh, Mr. Perfect calls him the Frito Bandito. Wow, look at that set. This is where we're getting fancy in 92, right? I don't know what I'm looking at. What was I watching over there? Must have been something out the window. As I have explained before, but if you're uh, just listening for the first time here, that these uh, event centers, uh, these were the generic versions. These are the ones that we would uh, plug in into the hole. There was three holes in each show, and they would uh, have this uh, in there, and we would just put a generic. So here we're putting over the Mountie with Jimmy Hart at his side. The Mountie. Hot to trot, he says. Hot to trot. Hey, you know who I am. I am the Mountie. He's the only law and order. Well, I don't know. The big boss man might have something to say about that, right? If you want to step into his path, that means trouble, right? Step into his path. Ooh, he's got the shocker. What's with that tie, Mooney? Jeez, couldn't find anything else? Got dressed in the dark? Oi. Oh, boy, yeah. High energy. Like, uh... It's like they should have had a, a an Aladdin's lamp with them. This is like the genie outfits. And Frankie, Frankie making an appearance here. We're ready for anything because it's a generic and we don't know who we're going up against. So we're just going to stand here and tell you how tough we are. We'll take anybody. They got energy. That's why they are high energy. Come on, you got to fill 10 more seconds. <laughs> Ooh, Sean, electrify you with more action. High energy, see? See the tie in there? Wow, we. All right, coming up is uh, got a little Mother's Day promo here. And of course, that was genuine. <laughs> God, I love Mike Hegstrand. He was so good. That voice, man, was just tremendous. Oh, what a rush. L-O-D. Now, it's it's debatable about uh, the fall of demolition, but I, I think that there was plenty of room for L-O-D and demolition. They, uh, I thought, were very different. Uh, the uh, and uh, what they did. And this was, you know, at a time where it seemed like the tag teams were beginning to, you know, the demise of tag teams in the WWF. I mean, and they just, uh, from that prime period of time, you know, from, uh, you know, 88 on where we had all kinds of tag teams to where you just don't have the same level at this point. And they've got Paul Ellering and a uh, oh, big drop kick by Joe. Uh, Joe Laurinaitis there, man. Got a lot of height there. But they would just destroy these guys they'd put them in the ring with. You know, it was just, uh, it wasn't fair. Uh, this is Mark Kay and Terry Davis. And you knew, 
if you're going to go into the ring with these guys, it was what 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 they did, and they would just you were going to get a beating, and uh, they they did not uh, take it uh, real easy on these guys. As uh, he just uh, destroys these guys. I don't know what that means. Get the tickets, Elvis. And here, here is, uh, you know, Mike really showing off some of that strength. Um, you got to figure that uh, that dude goes probably 250 or so and just uh, hoisted him up. And, you know, that's dead weight, man. That's not uh, like lifting something with a with a you know a barbell and a and a and some weight on uh, on it it's you know that weight that dead weight is just shifting everywhere and these guys just pick these guys up like they were a 50 pound sack of potatoes big slam and the Beverly brothers uh they're trying to work an angle there you saw that uh insert there with the genius as their manager and uh this big tub's about to go over Boy, just let it happen is basically what they would tell these guys. Just let it happen. You fight it, it's gonna, you're going to hurt yourself. Just, just let it happen, you're going to be fine. As uh, they take care of Mark Kay and Terry Davis, they get a little plug in there. The Beverly Brothers uh, lined up to face the Legion of Doom. Uh, and not, uh, you know, the big feud is because they're calling them Legion of Sissies. I mean, come on, really? And, uh, we got, you know, a, a time out here to, uh, really talk about, uh, <laughs> the WWF magazine. That's what people read magazines. They didn't, uh, we couldn't go online. You wanted to find out what was going on. You bought a magazine, Right. It just you know when they did the set when I was looking offset because when it was a tighter one you know like remember when when they had the event center behind me with the, all the monitors and I would look off camera it looked like I was watching it but this it's like I'm looking I'm thinking well, were you watching something on the set I mean what's going on over there <laughs> just it didn't work the same would would you think you think so we got Money Inc. Uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, you got. Uh, Mike Rotundo here, IRS, Erwin R. Scheister. And, uh, they, you know, they, they're really experimenting with a lot of these backgrounds. Look at all these different colors. Uh, everything was all about uh, these bright, different. You saw the new set. The event center had all these colors, very colorful. IRS. And they're trying their best to keep the tag team... Uh, Situation interesting in the WWF, but not great. And why is there so much headroom on this shot? There shouldn't be that much headroom. That needs to be a tighter shot, but a little late to change that now, right? <laughs> and again, this is another generic event center. We're not plugging specific events. If uh, you remember back in the uh, day, you know, I would say specifically if it was coming to the garden or if it was coming to the Horizon Center or wherever you might have lived. I would have be I would be telling you about a specific match, what time it was all starting, the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Bear, creepiest man alive, and boy did he pull it off. And they didn't want Mark saying a whole lot back then and it worked, you know, but uh, he was capable of doing a good promo. And it would just get better and better.
He didn't have to say much. I open. Peace. Yeah. Ooh, Mooney. Where's all this stuff coming from, man? Huh? All right, another generic event center as we get back to action. All right. We've got Kato. As you know, he was uh, part of the Orient Express. At this point, uh, going to do job to the stars here uh, as uh, superstars, I should say, as they announced the debut of Crush, Brian Adams. And uh, we got the whole Hawaii theme going, which is where he was from. But uh, this is, you know, Vince was always very uh, high on, on Brian. He really, I mean, he's a huge dude. He was a big guy and very strong, had a great look. Looked great. But no matter what they did, man, they just couldn't make it happen. And they were hoping that it would uh, be able to, you know, he would be able to step in and keep demolition hot, keep him paired up with Barry Darso. But that didn't happen. So then they went with this crush. And Crush showing a little display of strength here. And why not? Let's uh, let's plug uh, everybody appearing on Family Feud. As, <laughs> I don't know. I just... I, right? Remember, it was a promo show. This is all about promo. This is about to plug the company. And look at this. Crush showing how, just how strong he was is and you know making a quick use of Cato and Cato was a damn good worker too you know I mean come on but uh, they they just make him look like he's nothing in this and again there's that uh, spinner with the backbreaker. And then uh, there's that, that tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, as they're calling it. And that big slam. Yeah, finishes him off with a spine buster. And after... Uh, Just destroys Cato in this matchup. Spins him around, backbreaker. Tries to help Cato up, but then, uh, you know. But he's just so destroyed, he can't even keep his feet. And the Ultimate Warrior still around in the WWF.
So I, you know, I, I, what the hell's going on with this thing? This is just kind of weird. It's with Papa Shango burning the pictures, and uh, as they, uh, you know, set up this this uh, situation between Papa Shango and the Warrior. Oh man, what a what a what a tough time in the World Wrestling Federation this was, wasn't it, folks? Goodness. As Mr. Perfect tries to explain what's going on with that situation with Papa Shango, and now we get to go to Mean Gene Okerlund. Kind of talks over Gene as he's trying to do the intro, but uh, we're going to see the model, Rick Martell. And if you remember a few weeks back, we did uh, one of the shows where uh, they had a feud going with Tatanka. And the model, and he sprays him with the cologne and then uh, steals uh, feathers from his headdress, his sacred headdress. So they would do these, uh, you know, at the TV tapings. So you'll hear the crowd react to this as he talks. As we see the replay... As he uh, baits, Tatanka comes in and he sprays him in the eyes. He said, you fool, you fool. As he wears, uh, he's got the feathers on his, uh, his beret. As he wears the, the, uh, the pin that says, yes, I am a model, as if he had to tell people, right? Perfect, enjoying it as he says, uh, yeah, he's got the feathers, he's because uh, Tatanka's flown the coop. Yeah. Gene's saying he saw it all happen. He was a witness to this atrocity. Yes, I am a model. <laughs> yeah. As Gene mentions, I mean, really, if he wouldn't have gotten that medical attention immediately, flushed his eyes, I mean, he could have had serious uh, eye, eye damage. Okay. As he continues uh, more demeaning uh, Native Americans, <laughs> say they should call him a whining arrow. That was a different time, different day. And we're waiting for our main event here between Ric Flair, uh, and he will have Mr. Perfect ringside, and Sergeant Slaughter. (laughs) I'll guarantee you, after he said that, they were cracking up in that room. Love Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> okay, you got uh, Ric Flair coming out. And I can't, I just uh, don't think at this point in time that uh, Rick was one of the happiest superstars in the, the WWF. And, and uh, I, I think he had reason to be that way. I mean, I think that they squandered so many opportunities with him uh, at this point in time with the WWF. And, 
you know, people never really got what they were hoping for. I mean, they, they had a few uh, house matches where they actually, uh, that he took on Hulk Hogan. But I think we were all waiting for, you know, this huge buildup and then it would, uh, you know, explode uh, for the, the WWF championship at a WrestleMania. And we never, ever got that. It was never to that point. And whether it was circumstances and timing, uh, I don't know. But I think that uh, Rick had every reason to to not be pleased. And maybe it worked both ways. Maybe the WWF uh, didn't think he was at the top of his game then. I don't know. I don't know what was happening behind the scenes. But uh, I just know as a fan that uh, I was disappointed at the time. I kept, I could never really understood, uh, understand why they didn't make that happen. But they're going to get Sergeant Slaughter in this matchup. And, uh, you know, you never know who might get involved in this uh, kind of a match because uh, there's a lot happening behind the scenes here. As I said, they're scrambling for storylines here, so they're throwing everything into the soup. And this is, you know, for most, this is a good, this is a, a good main event here between Sergeant Slaughter and Ric Flair. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter takes a swipe at him, collar and elbow, and it's um, Sergeant Slaughter who slams Flair to the canvas. And, uh, oh, look who's wandering out to ringside. As I said, what, uh, what has, what has anything to do with this? But, so they're trying everything here. Tries with the body tackle. Sergeant Slaughter. This flare up and a good slam there. Effortless. So it's two pros working together. They make it look easy. And the Mountie uh, just uh, causing a little trouble at ringside just by his presence. Everybody wondering what the hell he's doing out there. Now here comes Jimmy Hart. And uh, if you were watching at the time, you knew uh, what was in that case. It was the Mountie that uh, had that uh, shock stick that he would carry around with him, and that was the, the case for it. And again, Sergeant Slaughter, big body slam. And he's just enjoying the match. That's all he's there for, right, at ringside? No other reason. Mr. Perfect? Hmm. Something is afoot. Right? Well, Slaughter, man, taking a bump there, man. Goes flying into the the ring post and then over the top rope onto the floor. And the Mountie, what's he doing? Opening up that box, which we know has something that is very dangerous to those who come in contact with it. I don't think those chops hurt as much when you were wearing a shirt, right? Big roundhouse by Sergeant Slaughter. Takes Flair off his feet again. 
And they're keeping a close eye on uh, that box at ringside. Big body drop by Sergeant Slaughter. Clothesline. Goes in for a cover. Only gets two. Joey Morella just calls two there. Well, now the shock stick is out as Sergeant Slaughter takes Flair out right over the top rope onto the floor. Slaughter goes right after him. And hard into those steel steps at ringside. Apparently, the Mountie not aware. There's a camera right there on the floor watching his every move. Wow. Sandy got suplex there as he drops Flair on his head. And again, Flair taking one of those uh, legendary bumps right over the top rope, man. He was so good at that. Begging, begging for mercy. Slaughter not having any of it, anything to do with it. Goes right after Flair, punch after punch to the chest. Hard into the corner. Flair up with a boot. Connects with that lantern chin. That is a big target. And Flair got some energy back. Slaughter, take advantage of a situation, goes right after Flair and just launches him. Big body slam. Here's the cover. Nope, didn't get three. It's close. Oh, and he's got that thing primed, waiting for the chance to spring into action. Shocking behavior. Tries to launch Slaughter. Trying to get him a kind of a reverse, or like a crab here, but with one leg. Flair decides uh, against it. Tries to break down Slaughter a little bit more, but uh, ends up the victim of a clothesline as Slaughter now goes in for another cover. And Vince doing his part to sell this one. Slaughter misses big with that elbow. Dropped that like in slow motion. Oh, Slaughter, hard once again into the uh, ring post there in the corner. The Mountie lights up Sergeant Slaughter as he hangs over the top rope of the corner, not just once but twice, and down goes Slaughter. Ref never saw a thing. Easy cover for Ric Flair. Not realizing that Slaughter had been electrocuted twice by the Mountie. A little pass off here. And Hart, Jimmy Hart, makes his escape with the shock stick. Uh, 
And Vance uh, berating the efforts in the ring here is a big setup by the Mountie. And perfect uh, in the ring. So, of course, he uh, can't can't defend or deny or whatever he would be doing at this situation at this point. But Slaughter out cold after being electrocuted by that shock stick wielded by the Mountie. Oh, oh, the humanity. So, so a number of things they're working here. This way they can do these house shows. They can get uh, slaughter against the Mountie. Now they just got to roll Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how they would actually do it in a medical situation like that. They usually put them on a gurney and they kind of bring them over to ringside. I don't know. Not an EMT. Maybe they did it differently back then. (laughs) And the Mountie fell a little time here with his bad rendition of his theme song. Yikes. All right, getting the update here from Vince McMahon that uh, Sergeant Slaughter recovering has, uh, is conscious. Uh, It's, but uh, we still, that's all the details we have. I'm going to see some more tag team action in this Superstars with the Nasty Boys. Knobs and Sags. Facing Brian Brigger and Bill Pierce. It's their turn to take a beating. And uh, these two also are not known to take it uh, easy on enhancement talent that was in the ring with them. Jerry Sags goes right after uh, this guy. This is uh, Brian uh, Brieger as uh, Vince McMahon is uh, calling the action here. Big elbow. Uh, now, Mr. Perfect, you know, had to make his way from backstage all the way to uh, the announce table, which no, he was just waiting out and edit one till that match was over. Then he'd go back into the booth and do the rest of this uh, match with, with Vince. <laughs> Did I give away too much there? Oh, my. Sag still uh, beating the crap out of Brigger here. And they got to give Brian a chance, I I would think, to get in there. Uh, last time I spoke with uh, Brian Knobs, he, uh, his knee was better. If you uh, know what's uh, been going on, he has uh, had a really bad staph infection in his knee, ended up in the hospital. But uh, last time I uh, corresponded with him, uh, he said that it was better. He was getting better, so... Glad to hear that, and uh, hoping 2020 is going to be a good one for him and and Brian uh, and Jerry Sags as they still hit the road together and make appearances all over the country. Get a chance, go and see him. As Brian 
Gary Stratton. We're talking about the WBF now. Is uh, Vince getting uh, the plug-in there for the WWF and uh, the, the superstars of uh, the bodybuilding? Gary Stratton and a few of the other guys that were under contract. As the Nasty Boys make quick work here of Brian Brigger and Bill Pierce. I think they each got into the ring. I don't know if Pierce ever made it, but there it is. Pick your copy up. You guys, does anybody still have uh, some of these editions? So I know a lot of people saved them. Yeah, I got to plug it too. You're right. Yep. Well, that's, that was my job. I just plugged things. That was, I was the chief plugger. Oh, we get to see the Bushwhackers, my faves. Yeah. Bloody lovely, tell your mother. For some reason, they're plugging spring. I don't know. Spring is a great time of year. Oh, and they get to meet all their, their bushwhackaroos. So this is uh, a classic example of we have absolutely nothing to push. We don't have an angle going. So we're just going to go out there and just talk about nothing and do a little licking. Lashing tongues. So I would actually I would go and listen to these so I could play off them before we would uh, actually you know tape this stuff. It's all barrier, Mister <laughs> Mister Fuji. Oh boy. So we uh, just did uh, an episode of Tuesday Night Titans and Mr. Fuji. Now, that was in 87, so he hadn't got, <laughs> hadn't changed much and uh, still had the uh, the suit. So not much had changed for Mr. Fuji from 87 until 92. But he was working, so that was the best part about it. Paul Barrier. <laughs> Yeah, well, they had something going, right? At least they had an angle to push, right? All right, and there is more after this, but not much as we begin to wrap this thing up. Uh, They are going to have... Sergeant Slaughter has recovered. It's amazing he could survive that. Two, two shocks. But next week, we still have the ultimate warrior. One of the nasty boys is going to step into the ring. So, interesting. So, this this is another example of, you know, what? What's going on? You're going to have the warrior take on one of the nasty boys. 
So I know it's I know it's shortly after WrestleMania. They still don't know what's going on and what the next pay per view they're going to do. The Ultimate Warrior. Yep. Still trying to figure out all these years later what he was talking about. But uh, he was a force to be reckoned with, man. People love the Ultimate Warrior. They still love him to this day. Yeah. The Warrior. Yeah, as they wrap this up, uh, Mr. Perfect, along with Vince McMahon. And uh, the biggest point of this is they want to make sure everybody's mom had a good Mother's Day. That's <laughs> that episode. Wow. Yeah, so I wasn't too far off on that one. I think you'd have to agree that uh, a, this was a, a great slice of life of what was happening in the WWF at the time when they uh, did this episode with all this just it was just this gigantic uh, montage it was like they they had a canvas they just threw up on a wall and with cans of paint and just started splashing stuff hoping it would form some kind of picture and it didn't uh, you know as I mentioned that uh, you had all these superstars still around the the big names are still there Rick Flair Sergeant Slaughter Hulk Hogan's still around. The Ultimate Warrior is still uh, making appearances here. You had Sid Justice until about this show. <laughs> but uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, but, you know, it, there's nothing's just it's really working here. Nothing great. Macho Man Randy Savage is still around. But uh, they're scrambling at this point for uh, storylines. But... You also got to keep in mind what was going on behind the scenes and with all of the the turmoil that's surrounding the company and uh, with the with the steroid situation and all these other things beginning to brew and the government uh, putting a case together uh, against uh, Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation. So it was a crazy time in the uh, the WWF, uh, but. You know, you look through the history and uh, like I said, it went up and down, went up and down. And this would uh, it would be bad for a while there. But as always, uh, the WWE would end up coming out on top as we uh, got into the uh, Monday Night Wars. And then, of course, uh, we would see the uh, the Attitude Era, the emergence of uh, Degeneration X. Uh, you would see uh, 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 The Rock and... Uh, they, the, the skyrocketing uh, to to uh, fame and fortune, and also, of course, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So it just uh, how things went. But you know, uh, there there was some dark times there, man. And and I think that there were even days when uh, Vince was uh, concerned whether or not the company would 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 exist, would be able to to survive. But as always, he has found a way, as he continues to do so. So no matter what happens, you know that this company. Uh, as long as Vince McMahon is at the helm, they're going to uh, find a way to get through and uh, and prosper. And uh, that's exactly what was going on at this point. But uh, interesting episode, though. You know, seeing uh, all the, the what we got to see in this one, uh, you know, with Brett the Hitman Hart making an appearance and what lay ahead for, for Brett and, uh, you know, what would happen. Um, 
you know, coming up after that during the summer or that SummerSlam 92 would be coming up and uh, uh, other things that were happening with uh, Justice <laughs> and, uh, you know, as he would come in and out of the WWF and would go and play softball and then uh, Vince would, uh, you know, find a way back uh, to him and they would, uh, and Sid knew how to play that situation and made a lot of money doing it. Uh, we saw, you know, the, the demise of, uh, of demolition during that time before then. And we've got Barry Darso, who's now on his own with repo man. Uh, that was, uh, that was sad to see that, uh, what would happen with demolition. And they tried so hard with crush. We saw here that the big debut, but that would just never take off. And of course, LOD, the Legion of doom and, uh, what would happen, uh, even at that SummerSlam too, coming up with uh, Mike Hegstrand, it would just disappear. And as we started to see uh, that great tag team start to fall apart, um, just a really, really, really interesting time. And I just thought that this was a great episode to really kind of see that and what was going on. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've got a lot going on uh, as we, I hope you all had a uh, fantastic Christmas and holidays and happy Hanukkah and uh and Kwanzaa, however you celebrate uh, this time of year, but I hope that uh, you've done it with friends and family and just had a great time. And uh, this episode drops on, uh, on, on, on a Monday. This uh, would be before New Year's. So um, I hope that uh, you uh, have a very safe New Year. And, and 2020 is going to be fantastic. I'm excited about 2020, a lot going on. And uh, we've got uh, more more planned. I wish I could uh, reveal more, but I will, I promise, in the, in the coming weeks that uh, you can all be a part of. But uh, be sure, in the meantime, of course, you've got this episode, but this Wednesday, a uh, brand new original episode, which would be on uh, 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 New Year's Day, uh, the 1st of 2020. So we've got uh, that episode coming up. And that's going to be a fun one, too, because we've, got, uh, we've taken the... Um, Q&As that we've had that were, uh, you know, first just restricted to our, our, uh, our Patreon members who, uh, would set, who send in questions. So this material has only been heard by them, These, and they get to ask the questions, and then uh, we would only put that up on Patreon. But uh, we wanted to be able to share that with everybody, so just we've selected a few to put up in uh, this week's episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's uh, questions from our listeners and they really, they had some uh, great, great questions. A lot. I really love doing those because, you know, I would have a prepared list and questions that I wanted to ask. And then, of course, I'd follow up. But uh, there would always be these questions from our listeners that, that were just awesome. They, you know, they were just uh, really heartfelt and uh, maybe something that they'd had a history with this person or, or just something that they had wondered about. Or it might even be a question that I had asked earlier in the conversation, but they'd had time to, you know, have, uh, you know, have something else come to their mind and they didn't want to go back to it. But since I bring it up again, I would ask it in a different way because I always love that because they usually got something really great that kind of elaborated. I was, you know, I would say something like, I asked you, you, you commented on this earlier, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to, we have one of our uh, listeners ha- asked this question and, you know, uh, more often than not, they would add something that uh, they had not brought up in the original conversation. And also just questions, really, I just out of left field. I mean, just that I 
hadn't thought of asking. So I think you're going to enjoy that episode very much. And so be sure to catch it. That is uh, this Wednesday. And then, of course, we'll have another Vault episode on Saturday. So that uh, makes another week here on PTSM. Uh, but um, I want to thank you all for sticking with us in 2019. It was a, a great year. Saw a lot of growth. And uh, welcome a lot of new listeners. I'm hoping that 2020 is going to be even bigger and brighter as uh, we can uh, continue on with uh, primetime with Sean Mooney and all of the, uh, the content that we're able to put out there every week. So uh, be sure and stay tuned. You can uh, email me. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at primetimemooney. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, network uh, classic episode of PTSM. Until next time, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.